stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than pencil And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside From my side to your side, from Dutch Town to South Side From Penrose to North Side, from Benton Park to Old North The West End, the West Side, we bless when we step out We stand down, rise up, stand together, wise up This is StitchCast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. Season 3, episode 63, titled STL Fame. Senior youth leaders and legendary storyteller Bobby Norfolk discuss the rise to fame of artists, comedians, and public figures that were born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Take a listen and check it out. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers. Hello, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, we want to thank you once again for tuning in into StitchCast Studio. I am your host, Brandon Lewis, and I am accompanied by a few members of our StitchCast. That being said, we got Anna. Say what's up, Anna. What's up? E, say what's up. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Jawai, say what's up. What's poppin'? And then we got a guest with us. We got a special guest with us, somebody that's definitely not not a stranger to story stitches. I, 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 it, it would take all day to, to, to list the accolades and the, the resume and the stories and all of that. It would, take, it would take forever to do that. And unfortunately, we don't have forever right now. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Bobby Norfolk back to StitchCast Live. Right on, right on. How you feeling, Bobby? I'm doing good. Good to have you, brother. Good to have you. This podcast is a little different also because uh, we're outside again. Not only outside, but we have an actual live audience for the first time, at least that I've been a part of. StitchCast Live actually has a live audience. It's one of the bigger That's audiences, not... <laughs> I should say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, ladies. Now, we're going to have a, a really, really artistic conversation today. Um... For anybody who's not aware, I mean, well, we're called the St. Louis Story Stitches, so I'm sure everybody's aware, but we're located in St. Louis. And St. Louis is home to a lot of legendary and successful artists. A lot of the legendary and successful artists come from St. Louis. Uh, but there seems to be a kind of a conundrum or a dilemma because for some reason, most of these artists don't find that success without leaving St. Louis. So it's almost like St. Louis can birth very talented children but can't raise them into successful artists and so we're going to get into a little bit we're going we're to talk a little bit about the legends that have come before us and we're also going to talk about why maybe why we can't seem to um have the same success while staying in st louis uh that being said it's only right that we start with the historian that we start with the master st- storyteller bobby norfolk yes sir is there a question behind that so uh, let's get into uh, let's get into before we get into why the whys and whatnot. Let's get into um, some of the successful artists. I know all of us know some successful art, or not necessarily know personally, but a lot of us know of successful artists that came out of St. Louis, ranging from the time of Miles Davis, which was the 1920s. Is that what that was? It's about the time he came on the scene. Got you uh, all the way up into uh, Shmino. Uh, and, and and Metro Boomin, who were just uh, who just uh, found superstardom in the last five to seven years. So uh, this has been happening for 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 as long as uh, for as long as we can remember, for as long as a lot of us have been alive. And so um, 
let's talk about why. But before we get into the whys, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's highlight a few of these uh, successful artists. Okay, shall we start start from 1900 and just work forward to the yes, present? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's okay. do it. Why not? <laughs> All right. Go way, 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 way back, back, back. Time, 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 time. <laughs> and yes, we're gonna sir. start with air piano. that piece was written in 1900 here in St. Louis by a man named Scott Joplin, master of ragtime music. And that piece is called The Entertainer. As a matter of fact, Scott Joplin had that on his business card. After he wrote The Entertainer and it blew up, people would say, Mr. Joplin, you have a business card? Sure. Bam! They read it. It said, Scott Joplin, The Entertainer. Guess what? About 100 years later, African-American comedian from St. Louis mm -hmm. stole that nickname, <laughs> Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> but Joplin had it first, and his music was so profound. He said that if you play ragtime, the time part is kept on the left hand of the piano player, a European beat like the ticking of a clock. Doom, 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 doom. The rag part is kept in the right hand of the piano player, uneven, choppy, or ragged. And so they call that African rhythm syncopation and polyrhythms. So when you put rag and time together, you have rag time. Ladies and gentlemen, all the music we enjoy today on the planet, everything from gospel, swing, jazz, rock, reggae, punk, pop, and hip hop, boy. Definitely. Started Definitely. with Mr. Joplin. And the music was so powerful that in 1899, Duke Ellington was born in Washington, D.C. And he worked at a soda fountain joint. And he listened to Scott Joplin's music while he was in D.C. And he composed a soda fountain rag. And that was his inspiration. And Duke Ellington went on to record and compose 2,500 compositions. Wow. Mm. So I'm just saying, <clears throat> the man was powerful. And in 1944, Duke Ellington performed at the Fox Theater. And when they had a matinee and the Washingtonian band performed, and then they took a break and wanted to get dinner. And so the stagehand brought out this long list of food. And then the stagehand went down to F.W. Woolworth, which is now something else. <laughs> and they, they, they couldn't feel the order. They wouldn't feel the order. Mm. Uh, so the jerk said, who is all this food for? The Duke Ellington band. They say, no, we don't serve colors wow. at Woolworths. And Duke still went on 
to become one of the most powerful people on the planet, and his inspiration was Scott Joplin. But about that same time, there was Josephine Baker. And she was in the first black musical on Broadway called Shuffle Along. It was written by Noble Sissel and U.B. Blake. And she was in the chorus line. But she was a staunch integrationist and she hated segregation. And so what happened was that she had to go to Paris, France. And when she got to Paris, France, she blew up. They loved her in Paris. As a matter of fact, during World War II, she became a member of the French resistance and a spy for the French army against the Germans. She would get all dialed up and go fancy, dressing <laughs> all up in these palaces and these concert halls. And she, her ears were like bunny rabbits. And she would get all that information from the Nazis and from the uh, fascists and from Tojo's people that came over and spoke that Japanese back to English, and she recorded it all back to the French resistance. She had 12 children, and she called them the Rainbow Tribe. <laughs> now, she didn't birth 12 children, okay? Let's be right. clear about that, right. okay? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't spend that much time in the hospital, okay? <laughs> but she was born around Union Station, mm. 1906. It was called Mill Creek Valley at the time. And Mill Creek Valley does not exist anymore. It is now St. Louis University, the Shavit Center, and 6440 Highway. Because what happened was that she was so poor, she had to dance on the street down around Union Station. And then she was in Shuffle Along, and then she moved to Paris. And she became best friends with people in Paris named E.E. E. Cummings, Ernest Hemingway, Prince, Princess Grace of Monaco, all right, just to name a few. Oh, and let's not forget, she was also best friends with Pablo Picasso. That's how she rolled. And in 1963, she was one of the only women that did a speech on the March on Washington with Dr. King on the Capitol Mall. So that's, that's how this woman rolled. And born in St. Louis, no more than about two miles from here. Wow. And the, the Scott Joplin house is about six blocks that way. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, we're, every, 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 almost every monument that he's talking about, we're, uh, we're pretty close to. Um, I know the people listening won't know this, but we're right across the street from uh, Fox Theater. <laughs> and yeah, every every monument that he brings up, we're, we're pretty close to. Yeah, this is called the epicenter of St. Louis. You know, people say the Central West End is the epicenter. I think not. I don't think <laughs> so either. I'm with you. It's real, it's real. This is it. We're sitting in the epicenter of St. Louis right here. I agree. I agree. So let's see. We we've covered we've covered what 1900 to 19. Let's go up to well. <clears throat> Let's stop in 1930. Gotcha. You want to move forward? We move forward some more because I got a couple of comedians I want to throw out. All right. Born in St. Louis. One was uh, John Sanford, who had a TV show called Sanford and Son, also known as Red Fox. Yes, sir. And Red Fox was on the Chitlin circuit. Uh, ladies, have you ever had chitterlings before? <laughs> <laughs> Hog intros. 
you just have to put them in some vinegar for about two days and soak them, and then you boil them. But you're not missing nothing. You're not missing nothing. You Literally. You good. You ain't got to. The Chitlin Circuit is a metaphor because the white comedians and the white entertainers, they were on the filet mignon and the lobster circuit, but the African-American comedians and musicians were on the Chitlin Circuit. And so... Red Fox stayed there, and then he started touring around Las Vegas after he left St. Louis and then Los Angeles on the Chitlin Circuit. And then in 1961, Dick Gregory came on the scene. Dick Gregory went to Sumner High School, and he went to SIU, and he got a track scholarship there, and he had to leave St. Louis, as did these other people, and he went to Chicago. And Professor Irwin Corey, who used to be on the Johnny Carson show, got sick. And Johnny Carson uh, freaked out because Corey's next event was going to be at the Playboy Club in Chicago, owned by Hugh Hefner. And Dick Gregory didn't have enough money to get to the Playboy Club because the Playboy Club at the time was in the, what's called the Magnificent Mile on Michigan Avenue. Dick Gregory lived about 110 blocks on the south side. And so they called him, say, we got an emergency stand-in. Can you do it? So Dick Gregory had to borrow a quarter, <laughs> got on the bus, didn't know where the North Shore was in Chicago. He kept going. He went all the way up to Evanston. <laughs> that knows Chicago. He, he was on <laughs> Lake Michigan and Evanston around Northwestern University. So he had to borrow another quarter and come back to the Magnificent Mile. He went on, and there was a group of white Southerners, frozen food executives in the audience. And Dick Gregory was trying to get his uh, energy together. I think he needed some of that red bowl if they had it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get pumped up, but his adrenaline kept him going. And his set was supposed to be 30 minutes. And these audience members kept him on for two hours. Hugh Hefner mm. heard about it, brought him back for six weeks stand. Jack Parr, who was also on television, heard about it. And then he became the first black national comedian in US history. Oh, no. Oh. All right, I'm gonna, Take a drink of water. Yeah, don't think this is milk, but it's water. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, hopefully you're noticing the trend uh, in the uh, artists that we're talking about. Um, and that trend is that they're uh, they have to leave. Uh, even even the story that he just told about Dick Gregory, he had to go to Chicago. Or whatnot. That, there's, there's just something about uh, St. Louis that seems to be weird, but we'll had, get into it a little had more. Had to go. Scott Joplin had to go to Sedalia, Missouri. Yeah. Then he went to New York, but he kept coming back as Red Fox came back. Red Fox always made St. Louis part of his uh, script in Sanford and Son. Dick Gregory's brother, Ron Gregory, lives over on Westminster and Taylor, and he has several family members still here in St. Louis. Mm. Man, man, that's wild. So, 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 why are we? Why, why, why do uh, we're gonna get into some more uh, artists in a second? 
but I, I want to open the floor and um, get a little bit of y'all, y'all's opinions on why you think uh, St. Louis does such a good job at breeding legendary people, but not turning them into legends. You know, that is a really good question, actually, because um, when you say that, I also think about uh, people in un- other industries like the um, hair industry and hair care products like um, Andy Malone and Madam C.J. Walker. You know, uh, they had to move or they did move for some time, I believe so. Um, and, you know, I can't really speak for them back in their days, but today it kind of seems like um, and I hope I don't make people mad, but I'm just being honest. But it kind of seems like there's this poverty mentality, you know what I'm saying? Um, within like our communities and stuff, it's like um, jealousy, that is, and it's it's kind of sad too, because it's like we need each other, kind of. Well, we really do need each other, um, you know, if we want to see change in like our communities and different things like that. But if we all trying to hold each other back just so we can get ahead. It's not doing anything but hurting us, you know? And I kind of feel like, um, you know, I wouldn't say, like, the whole city is like that, but um, it's a nice chunk of it that is, um, in my opinion, in my eyes, from what I see, you know? Because even going in in high school, you know, I heard artists saying, like, there's no support here, and, you know, um, like, I can't seem to get a break, like, you know, or something like that. You know, I always would hear that. And I mean, it is true, it could be hard. And I don't know how it is in other cities because I'm not an artist in other cities, you know what I'm saying? But it does seem hard here, especially like when you see people grinding and like really trying to do their thing. Um, A lot of times I really don't see people getting a break that they want to get until they move out of town. Like I had a friend in high school, I think he moved to Florida and started getting placements. Like, you know what I'm saying? On TV shows and stuff like that. So... Keith B? Yep. Yeah, I know him. You know what I'm saying? I know him, yeah. You know, so it's just like, it's like seeing stuff like that then it make you want to like... And sometimes maybe it's just that you just got to go out and explore. You know, we we get bread here. I don't know why, but, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like we got to go, go and explore other places so that we can get the exposure that we need. Definitely. Definitely. Can you, um before we move on, can you... um expound a little bit more on what you uh describe as the uh, poverty mentality so basically what i was saying is is because if you don't have a lot you know what i'm saying or you feel like you don't have a lot and you you don't want to see somebody else have a lot because you don't have a lot like that's a poverty mentality yeah if you jealous of somebody because they've been working hard mm-hmm. and really putting in that time and that effort and you still don't want to want them to have the best that they supposed to have like that's a poverty mentality because Most it's sense. like nobody nobody can win with that type of with that type of energy you know what i'm saying definitely no, nobody can like you can't even overcome yourself if you like you know is stuck in that type of thinking you know it's always bound like for destruction i feel like and that's that's a poverty mentality to me when you like stuck in this uh stinking thinking you know what i'm saying yeah hey everybody you know what time it is it's time right now for our pick the city up art interlude featuring an original piece by legendary storyteller bobby norfolk called talking about the veal deep in the system of the milky way down on a planet called earth 
There is a place in North St. Louis I've lived since my birth. Italians and Catholics live in South St. Louis in a place called the Hill. I grew up north of Del Mar in the area called the Ville. It was an adventure and a thrill. People from all walks of life going through joy, going through strife, the best of the best, having to achieve test after test. Where'd I go to high school, you might ask? We're here, dear people, it's a blast from the past. One, two, one, two. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, people wanna know, people wanna know who we are, who we are, the soul we tell them, so we tell them. We are the bulldog, we are the bulldog, the mighty, mighty bulldog, the mighty, mighty bulldog. What you gonna do, the Boston Boogaloo? What you gonna say, hit the other way, hey, 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 hey. Umgawa, Sumner's got the power. The legend singer's conductor, Kenneth Brown Billups, mentor mezzo-soprano Grace Bunbury, who performed for U.S. presidents. When we had problems when we took up residence, attorney Margaret Bush Wilson fought restrictive covenants. She went to the U.S. Supreme Court, challenging redliners in the battle of Shelley versus Kramer. She was a powerhouse, and the system simply couldn't tame her. After the rise of Chuck Berry, Tina Turner blew up with a song called Proud Mary. Left a good job down in the city, working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep when I'm worrying about the way that thing might have been. You know, big wheel keep on turning. Proud Mary keeps on burning. You know it, you're rolling, 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 rolling on the river. Master teacher Julia Davis came to fame, and the St. Louis Public Library put a building in her name. Google the group The Fifth Dimension, featuring Ron Townsend and Billy Davis Jr., and take your pick. With songs like Age of Aquarius, Up, Up and Away, and Stone Soul Picnic, Charles H. Turner, a brilliant scientist of great renown, had a middle school named after him in this North St. Louis town. Gifted baritone Robert McFerrin Sr., first black person to sing in New York's Metropolitan Opera. I saw him walking down the street and I took my stand. I said, how you doing, Mr. McFerrin? He said, I'm fine, young man. Tennis player Arthur Ayers left Richmond, Virginia to learn with Richard Hudlin. Won Wimbledon in three grand slams and few could achieve above him. Chuck Berry, the true originator of rock and roll, was doing hip-hop in 1955, and that ain't no jive. As I was meeting down the hill, I saw Maybelline in a coupe de ville. A Cadillac rolling on the open road. Nothing could I run my V8 Ford. A Cadillac doing about 95. She bumping the bumper rolling side by side. Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You done going back doing the things you used to do. Annie Malone and Madam C.J. Walker perfected black women's hair care and became black female millionaires. Attorney Homer G. Phillips lobbied for the first black hospital in the Ville, and politics are being played in his name even still. Activist comedian Dick Gregory in 1961 showed other black comedians exactly how it was done. And what am I talking about? Talking about the Ville. 
I'm talking about the veal. Boom, boom, boom. I'm talking about the veal. Your uh, definition of that, I'm curious. Um, has anybody met somebody like that, what she's describing? Met somebody with a poverty Most mindset? Definitely. Most definitely. I mean, yeah. it's usually always being like in your uh, in your environment. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, growing up from the west side of St. Louis, uh, it it made me think about for the people who set up for the people who set apart. You know, from the people who who's willing to thrive and create and trying to find opportunities for yourself. From the people who's not. You know. And the thing is, is it all the it all ties back down to like you know how bad do you want it? You know what I'm saying? When in creating your own opportunities to get out of St. Louis, you know, so yeah, it's, it's all about a mindset, a mindset situation, you know. Definitely. What do What do y'all think causes the uh, poverty mindset? Your household. Yeah, you think so. I think they can definitely do it. I think they can definitely do it. I feel like it's usually a a um, combination of not really having expectations, be, being content with where you are. Mm -hmm but also being jealous of people that's above you. So a lot of people end up, instead of thinking, oh, they up there, I can get up there too. They think, why Why you gotta be up there? Why can't you come down here? What's wrong with being down here? Or they try to blame you. I'm like, oh, you think you better than me. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, that's that exactly what thing. I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> so um, yeah, I would say that definitely plays a part in why uh, people usually have to leave this environment to, um to find that success. What do y'all think it is about spots like uh, LA and New York that, that people, uh, and, and Atlanta, that people constantly go to uh, in order to uh, find a better life? What Which I think is different over I there. I feel like it's more of resources and it's more of a bigger city. It's a you melting know, pot. It's a really big melting pot, but not only as in that, it's just, it's, it's the environment Because at the same time St. Louis compared to Chicago mm -hmm. St. Louis is more of a smaller city But at the same time Chicago has not only More of a um, Of a, a fast paced city It just has more things to offer To other individuals That's on That's, that's into different uh, Entities or different uh, uh, Environments You know if I want to do music If I want to do cooking I want to do barbering Like it's a whole nother Like field But it's like Way bigger than I can even imagine mm. You know And the thing is They have other resources To build you up to that part That's why you always have Different artists And different entrepreneurs Or different uh, uh, creators Popping out Artists left and right People left and right You know Out of these big cities more, Way more than smaller cities Because it's the resources The people who they know Who they connected with well, That's why they have Like the Atlanta mentality Within they just want to Look out for other people In Atlanta That's why they, you, you got like 10, 12, 20 artists Coming out of Atlanta A year More than like Compared to St. Louis or Kansas City or Chicago or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And I think... Oh, you can go ahead. Oh, I was just about to say, like, I also think that it depends on what the city invests in. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think St. Louis invests enough in the arts. I feel like we try to pass it off as, as if we do, just for the sake of tourism. But when you really get to live in the city, you're like, oh, it's just hospitals here. Oh, it's just... Literally. Business buildings here. But when you, like you said, when you go to Chicago or any other place, it's art everywhere. Everywhere. Man. We can go, we got to go to a specific street like uh, Delmar Boulevard to see like the true thing of art or like the South Side. Mm, or even Cherokee. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I will give uh, St. Louis his credit though, or Missouri, I would say. Because um, I just found out uh, like a few months ago that um, I think we're like the fastest growing for... Uh, 
female uh, minority minority uh, women or black women entrepreneurs in businesses. Um, Missouri is, and we're also um, St. Louis is like the fastest growing technology hub right now, I think in the nation. Uh, you know, next to I guess you know L.A. <laughs> yeah, the fastest growing right now. Um, so I will give props to that, but you know what I'm saying like even that right there, a lot of people ain't know that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I think the lack of sharing information, um, either like not on purpose or even purposely not sharing information, I think holds us back. Um, you know what I'm saying? And not knowing, like, because we have resources here, but we don't know that we have them and we don't even know to ask for them. You know, that's why I think like something like Story Stitches is good because Messia have us sit down and research something or, you know, figure out if there's a grant for it. You know what I'm saying? So like that that's good. Like that's why I think we need more things like this cuz really the lack of information or you know knowledge um makes us not be able to reach sometimes our fullest potential in this city. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Uh, I want to I want to propose a theory too because I think and I, obviously we got a lot of things working against us or whatnot and this isn't a um we're not victims or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That, that this this ain't no woe is me type, you know, uh, conversation that we're having. But um, I want to present a theory. I think that uh, there's so much talent in St. Louis, so many artists in St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? Especially considering the fact that if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to school for that. A long, long time, you have to go to school for that. I'm saying if you if you if you if, even if you want to be a bus driver, there are certifications that you have to get, but you can't just walk on a school bus and drive it, you know. So so there are qualifications for these things, versus being an artist, where all you got to do is really halfway practice art and call yourself an artist or whatnot, you know. And that's not to knock anybody that's not uh, looking to be looking to have a career as an artist or anything like that, but to be an artist is one of the um, that's one of the easiest titles to earn. Not that it's easy to be a serious artist or that it's easy to be a successful artist, but just the the, the bare minimum criteria of being an artist. Are you, are you, the argument could be made that you don't even really have to, if you paint one time and don't paint for five years, you can call yourself an artist. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think another thing that works against us that I don't think we talk enough about is the fact that it's so many artists it's so so many artists and not only that but it's kind of oversaturated with people that aren't necessarily serious about their art you know and the thing about art is that it's subjective everything is opinionated you know what I'm saying? so even stuff down to like are you a serious artist well what defines a serious artist you know what i'm saying to who it depends on who you're talking to or whatever you know what i'm saying so even stuff like that so much of it is just kind of based off of um feel or whatever and there's no there's no you know, clear definition for a lot of the things that we trying to do. You know what I'm saying? There, there isn't no rule book or no uh, blueprint, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Because even a blueprint that worked for Jay-Z might not work for somebody in 2021. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case is. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're dealing with somebody that managed to do what you're doing in art, that doesn't mean that they can help you do what you're trying to do in art. And I think art is one of the few... Uh, uh, areas of life where it's like that you know what I'm saying? a doctor can help you become a doctor a lawyer can help you become a lawyer 
or whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? A successful artist can't necessarily help you become a successful artist. Kind of just depends on your perception, you know? And if you actually take the time out to know yourself and figure yourself out, you'll understand then like what worked for Jay-Z and if it'll work for you. Most definitely. And it also is trial and error. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You absolutely. can't be afraid to take risk. Most definitely. And, you know, really kind of put yourself out there. And if it's something that you really want to do, then you'll be you'll you'll do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Most like, definitely. It's people it's crazy to me because it's people that's been rapping for six months that's like making millions of dollars yeah you know what i'm saying so you know what i'm saying it's like it's just it's just really about your work ethic and i'm not saying that somebody that's been rapping six months is doing more than you know somebody that's been rapping for 10 years it's just Mm -hmm. that you know sometimes destiny and opportunities come at different times for different people but you have to be prepared and ready for those opportunities or you will miss it definitely definitely yeah being an artist is by no means easy let me rephrase that. Being a serious artist is by no means uh, uh, a easy thing to do. And with, with, with the stuff that you're listen, listing and uh, just doing my own research, I've come to realize that it's not really about doing one thing right or none of that. You know what I'm saying? You got it. There are a bunch of things that have to go right for you to end up in, a, especially if you if success to you is the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's of the world. You know what I'm saying? The, the Duke's. And, and and the Miles's and, and the Mayas and all of that, you know what I'm saying? If, if that's success to you, there's a lot of things that you got to do right in order to end up in the right position. You know what I'm saying? Some There, there are people that are talented enough to win a Grammy, but will nev- but you'll never know their name because they because they, they live in the wrong area or, or they don't know how to impl- apply themselves to the right thing. Or now, you know what I'm saying? Just because you're doing a lot, just because you're working hard doesn't, and just because you're doing a lot doesn't mean that you're getting a lot done. And that that's that's one of the tricks too, you know what I'm saying? One of the um one of the uh curveballs that you kinda gotta figure out. You know what I'm saying? Just, just because just because you're you're spending three hours a day or, or, or six hours a day on what you want to do, are you are you spending it on the right aspect or whatnot, you know? So 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 you could you could work really, really hard for your entire life and still not see the success that you're trying to get to if uh, if there's a uh, missing element or whatever the case is, so being an artist is definitely wild. Um, I think uh, I think we left off on the 1900s. Uh, um, who, who got an artist from the uh, 2000s era, the uh, early 2000s era? Oh, before we jump to 2000, we have to go back to uh, 1960s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Got you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Who we got? The Boomers are mm-hmm. in the audience, and so. <laughs> Have to give them some props. Gotcha. Now, what has to be known? Let's address the elephant in the room, or in this case, the elephant outside the room, which is that for a long, long time, St. Louis was one of the most segregated cities in America. Okay, be clear about that. But these musicians that I mentioned and the comedians, they were undaunted. And so they still had to leave to come back and then their fame had already been solidified. But what happened was that during the time of segregation in St. Louis, 99.9% of all white folks live south of Delmore. 99.9% of all African-Americans live north of Delmore, and they called Delmore the Great Divide. But there were no major riots 
in St. Louis throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then Ferguson happened in August of 2014. And I was in Taiwan, China, when Ferguson was going on. And I don't know Cantonese, I don't know Mandarin, but I was doing a residency in Taiwan, China. I did tune in to CNN, could get that. And I was seeing all the things that was happening in Ferguson and throughout St. Louis. And it was a wake up call for us here. And I even had some of the Chinese educators say, Mr. Norfolk, you sure you want to go back to St. Louis? Mm. <laughs> I said, I wow. have to click those ruby red pumps three times. I said, I got to go home. And so what happened was that Oliver Sane had a studio on Natural Bridge and Taylor. And Oliver Sane had a quartet. And what he did, he recorded artists. And so one of the artists he recorded was Fontella Bass, who came out with the song, Rescue Me, Take Me In Your Arms. And then who showed up at Oliver Sane's studio was Ike and Tina Turner. Mm. And we know how they blew up. And there was uh, one song that they sang that put them on the top 40, and then they recorded Proud Mary. And it was over. That was it. Now, the personal thing, that, that's a whole other story. But Oliver Sane used to hire me when I did stand-up comedy back in the day. Before I could uh, go into these schools, I had to clean up my act. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in the nightclubs as a stand-up comedian, and Oliver Sane would hire me to do uh, band sets in between their uh, breaks. And he sat down with me once. He said, Bobby, to be a serious comedian, you have to go west over the Rockies or east over the Alleghenies, but get out of the Valley of St. Louis if you really want to make it. Now we can go to 2000. And he, and he knew back then and he knew back then, which further solidifies the point that this isn't a new issue that we've been yeah. dealing with. This isn't a new obstacle. This Not obstacle has been heard just like the legends have been heard or whatnot. So yeah, that, that's wild that he, that, that he yeah. knew that even back then. He would, when his group would go to Europe, they would perform in Paris, they would perform in Austria, they would perform in Berlin and London throughout the UK. And they were like the Rolling Stones. And when Oliver Sane came back to St. Louis, he was a Oliver Sane, <laughs> Natural Bridge and Taylor Studio. And same thing with um, Josephine Baker. Mm. She was revered. And I just read that in November of this year, they're going to in, take her remains and she will be reinterred along with some of the royalty and some of the presidents wow. in this mausoleum in Paris. Wow. That's wow. Crazy. Yeah. That's a that's a real big deal. That's a real big deal. Wow. And that they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna uh put her with royalty. With royalty. They're gonna mm -hmm. put her with royalty Princess and world Grace. leaders. Yeah. And world leaders. That's a that's a very big deal, especially for somebody that America banned at one point in time. Exactly. Yeah. So now you wanna talk about country grammar. <laughs> 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 right, right, right. Let's get in, let's get into the Nellies of the world and the, the Murphy Lees of the world. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think before Murphy, uh, I'm sorry, before Nellie was Murphy Lee, if I'm not mistaken, please don't quote me on no dates. 
Please don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a historian like Bobby. I'm just interested in uh, musical history. But um, but yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that. The uh, the 2000s. Yeah. So uh, my two people are um, Nelly and Chingy. Uh, Nelly got his start here, and uh, don't quote me, cause I'm I was still learning a lot about all these people, even though I feel like I should know. <laughs> But I know that um, one of his favorite songs are basically about the shoes I'm wearing, Air Force Ones. And, you know, that was made in 2002. And, yeah. And then Chingy, he made Right There. <laughs> right There, Right There. <laughs> yeah, y'all know that one. And that was in 2003. With the mono. Right. The dance, pancake. Um, I think it's weird, too. Well, not weird, but... Uh, Nelly's kind of different, I feel like, because he actually was from Texas and came to Word? St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, he, so, right. That's why I'm like... I'm going to have to Google that. He's he's kind of different, I feel like, um, you know, because like we said, people usually have to move out of uh, St. Louis before they catch their big break. So I think the 2000s was actually kind of like a different era for St. Louis. I was, but to be clear, his group is not the Houston Lunatics. It's the St. Louis. His group is the St. Lunatics. But um, it's 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 all it's all um subjective again, being art. But I thought, or at least I thought he didn't pop till he went to uh Atlanta. Uh well I'm not sure about like the timeline but I heard got you. he they was repping St Louis really hard so I think Most that definitely. was something different because definitely. um who do we I don't think we have anybody right now that's um repping St Louis that hard that's like big big right now no not not nobody that's big big or at least not nobody that's that's St Louis this St Louis that. Now there are a few artists in St. Louis whose names I don't know if I could speak on this podcast, but um, there are a few artists in St. Louis that are not super big, but are committed to finding their superstardom without leaving St. Louis. There are a few of them, and I and I wish them the best of luck because they're definitely talented enough to be superstars. They just choosing to do it in, in the valley, so to speak. So, um, but I definitely uh, wish them luck and any and any other artist that, that that's trying to find superstardom, but you don't have the means or the funds or whatever the case may be to leave St. Louis. Uh, we are not telling you to give up on your art. That's not what this is. That's not what this. Uh, that's not what this is at all. And and it only seems impossible because ain't nobody done it yet. You know what I'm saying? Every, exactly. Yeah. Everything. Everything is impossible until somebody does it. Um, so 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 yeah, we're definitely not telling you to give up on your art. That's right. not that's you not know, what we're Love love the musical arts. No, pre-COVID, we would get some of the best entertainers on the planet to come to St. Louis. All right, so it was a major stopping place for uh, major acts. Mm-hmm. To be clear about that. As a matter of fact, when Elton John was performing at the arts, I used to be a National Park Service ranger for 10 years at the Gateway Arch in the old courthouse. And so during the VP fair, Elton John was going to perform. But when you have a million people surrounding the arch grounds and how was Elton John going to get from the arch with the security and take him across the arch grounds. And so somebody came up with the idea 
to dress him in a St. Louis police uniform. <laughs> and, and take off those big rainbow glasses <laughs> and put him in a St. Louis PD and they had the entourage coming in so everybody was seeing the police come by. Elton John, Elton John's coming, where, where is he? And next thing they knew, he was on stage performing. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine, imagine thinking you walking past a police officer and that's Elton John. That's crazy. Right. <laughs> uh, no police. Oh, man. Yeah, that's wild. You know what and, I mean? Uh, I would have knew it was him, but just froze up. I feel you. Like, like oh. bro, that's you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a masterpiece man. of subterfuge. Yeah. Dope. Because, you know, the police were, you know, they were, he, he was in lockstep mm. with about oh, yeah, 20 funny. policemen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and they weren't looking at the audience, you know, mm. they were just rock oh, okay. So people thought, okay, the entourage of police is coming, so Elton John must be back here. Mm. Mm. Surprise! Man. <laughs> exactly. They should have had somebody else dressed up as Elton John to make them to make them oh, further. Oh no, they would have been bad. <laughs> <time. laughs> <That would've laughs> well, they would have put them glad. You got Elton no, John overkill. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, he would have still got to the stage though. Right. I'm just this is true. This is true. That, that, that's reeling in, ladies. <laughs> but um, but St. Louis is kind of like a uh, kind of like an enigma or or a paradox of a city because it, it's a famous city. It's a usually uh, when you're talking to most people, you don't have to say St. Louis, Missouri. You know, just 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 like you don't have to say that Atlanta is in Georgia or LA is in California. You know what I'm saying? People just know. You know what I'm saying? You, when you say Yonkers or, or Manhattan. Or Brooklyn. You know. Exactly right, yeah. right. We know where you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So St. Louis is a really famous city. There's a lot, there's a rich history in St. Louis. Um, and don't just, you know, I was going to say what you said because I travel for a living and some people actually still call it St. Louis. Mm. Oh, really? And that's based on the Judy Garland movie. Meet me in St. Louis. Mm. Really? And mm, so I can people see, that. see me and say, oh, uh, where are you from? Uh, I say St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. I say, no, <laughs> like, no that's not what I said. <laughs> you heard me say it. Nah, bro, St. Louis. heard me say You heard me pronounce the S. <laughs> but yeah, St. Louis is, 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 is just a rich city with a bunch of landmarks. And, you know, you know, people come here. Um, People come here for a lot of tourist stuff. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's like that last little piece of the puzzle, so to speak. That we can't seem to uh, that we can't seem to figure out, but um, Nelly pretty much had the 2000s and a little bit a little bit more than that on lock. Uh, uh, people like him and uh, Murphy Lee, yeah, Chingy Jibs, you know what I'm saying? People like this, uh, definitely old timers. Uh, well, I wouldn't call them old timers, but unfortunately, a lot of them aren't as active now as they uh, was in the 2000s, uh, so to speak. It would be nice to have an artist like. Uh, like uh, a Jay-Z or Eminem or a Lil Wayne that's been doing this for decades. Consistently. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's just been here for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's not to knock the artists we got. Nelly has a diamond album. Mm -hmm. Nelly, Nelly went diamond. That's a that's that's not something to scoff at. Mm -mm. Nelly went diamond. And did um, a Cheerios commercial. <laughs> Nelly then did all type of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and I think, uh, and E, you might have been the one to tell me that he recently just dropped a, a full-fledged country album. Uh, no, I don't think that was me. Okay, no, well, that, somebody, that was somebody just told me recently. Integrity. Integrity, so. you're right. That was integrity. So Nelly just dropped a full-fledged country album. He stopped playing and teetering on the line and just went full country. There I haven't go. heard it because, you know, it's country. But uh, still, <laughs> still I mean, I'm sure it's pretty good. It's Nelly. I just don't listen to a lot of country music. 
definitely. He definitely. Yeah, he was he was watching Garth Brooks real carefully. Mm. Okay, let's uh, be clear um, about that. <laughs> and Nelly said, "I can do that." Yeah, we, so, uh, so to, uh, just just uh, just to highlight a few of the other legends. Uh, um, right now, the biggest artist I think we have from St. Louis right now is uh, Hitman Holler, um, who was kind of like the Nelly of of this decade. In that, uh, whenever if you're traveling and you say I'm from St. Louis, somebody say, "Oh yeah, Hitman Holler." You know, just like they used to do Nelly. Um, but uh, Hitman Holla, uh, uh, just real quick, Hitman Holla started as a battle rapper uh, in St. Louis. He was uh, simultaneously uh, going to school and playing basketball. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to go to the league or whatnot. He, he was real good. He was a, 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 a big deal prodigy prospect. Um, and um, battle rap ended up uh, taking him a little further. But uh, he started traveling uh, doing his battles because he was doing so good here that people from uh, New York were like, hey, who is this Hitman Holla kid? Send him over here. Oh, me. Or whatnot, you know? And so um, that's kind of uh, how that started and it kind of uh, snowballed into uh, URL, uh, Ultimate Rap League or whatnot, picking them up and uh, them doing traveling uh, naturally from that. Uh, Nick Cannon found out about him and he hopped on Wildin' Out and now he a little bit of everywhere now. Uh, he, he even has a... Uh, a um, truck he has his own business and i think they sell hats it's a truck that just drives down the street and you can flag him down and buy a hat that's you know crazy. what i'm saying that the, right it's so unique Innovative, or whatnot yeah, yeah hey bro let exactly. me get a hat <laughs> you said what hey bro let me get a hat i know right <laughs> but um but definitely so st louis has a billion uh st louis has a billion uh successful artists and whatnot uh, we don't have the answer for why we birthed them but can't raise them into superstars uh we wish we did but you know, um, so 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 we're gonna uh, somebody close. Somebody else coming though. Somebody coming. You right. You right. I think no, it's been long They might, they might be. They might. They might be sitting on the stage right now. I don't know. Uh, I don't, there's some talented know, people really. on the stage right now. It might. There's some definitely. talented people on the stage right now. Uh, real quick, uh, before we close, anybody want to uh, highlight some people that we didn't get to talk about? I know. I know there's Thizzle. Uh, uh, oh, you said somebody that was actually on my list. Who? Yeah, Thizzle. Thizzle? He was one of Yo. my five people I was going to name. Got you. Got you. Uh, who else you got? I got Integrity. Um, Tag is dope. I got uh, Tori Deshaun. He from East St. Louis, but St. Louis is family too. Definitely. You know, um, I got Lex Devine. Uh, she's been doing some great things. Like, it's low-key, like, but mm -hmm. these people are all on the rise. Got you. Um, especially in the Christian hip-hop realm. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, my last one is Cowboy Cedro. He's doing some big things too. He might have just followed me recently. Yep. That's a conversation for another day, though. That's a conversation um, for another day. And um, and then Thizzle, because he's a he's a pillar. Um, him and uh, a guy named Flame, but Flame moved to Florida. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I got to see uh, Flame in concert before he left. Yeah, Flame they are is definitely a dope artist. They are some pillars for the um, St. Louis Christian hip hop community. Dope, so, yeah. dope, dope, dope. Most definitely, uh, it's uh, it's so many y'all. Uh, we 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 hate to end without without giving everybody they just do credit, but it's like a, a whole laundry list of them. So 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 we can't get to everybody. Uh, but but yeah, that, that was Scott Joplin, Josephine Baker, Miles Davis, Chuck Berry. Uh uh uh, uh who 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 else? Oliver Tracks Oliver Lake. Oliver Lake. Look here. 
Oliver Lake, Lil Kel, you definitely right. You definitely right. There's a ridiculous amount of them. We wish we could give everybody the credit they deserve. Uh, but if you're under the sound of my voice, we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Stitchcast Live. Uh, we want to thank everybody in our live audience for being here. You guys should give it up for yourself. You guys are kind of our first. Appreciate you guys. Really. You guys are basically our first. Um, our first live audience doing this like this since COVID started. So this is this is this is just. I don't know, this is a big deal for me. It's a big deal for me. It's nice to be in front of somebody as opposed to in front of walls and whatnot, you know? But <laughs> and I computer thank, screens. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so uh, if you're in between the age, if you can hear me right now and you're in between the ages of 16 and 24, uh, uh, you're wondering, how can I join a podcast? How can I be a part of Story Stitchers? I sing, I rap, I dance, I draw, I take pictures. I don't know, whatever your art is, it doesn't matter. But we have a place for you. So uh, if you're listening right now and you want to know how you can become a part of our Story Stitchers family, or if you just want to do the podcast, it don't matter. We got a lot, we got, we got opportunities for you just come holler at us just come talk to us uh, you can go to storystitchers.org uh, and fill out an application we'll get to you as soon as we can if you're wondering uh, when our next podcast is when our next dance battle is when our next talent competition is next concert um, I don't know whatever it is you want to know we have that on the website as well so uh, we have plenty of things uh, coming up we got a lot of great stuff uh, a bunch of interviews coming out um, things are just great things are just great right now so we want to thank you guys for listening and I want to specifically thank the spirit the St. Louis Woman's Fund for uh, coming out and looking at the podcast, listening to the podcast and watching us. The people clapping, that is them, and and, and, and they've been supporting us. Uh, we thank you guys so much. We definitely appreciate you. And thank you again. We are out. A nickel is a nickel and a dime is a dime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll tell you more. But I ain't got out. the time. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. We are out of here. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. Stitchcast Studio Season 2 in 2021 is sponsored by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund three-year grant from 2020 to 2022. Arts and Education Council, PNC Grant, and Lush Corporations, the Charity Pot. Peace in the Prairie is presented with support from Missouri Arts Council, a state agency which receives support from the state of Missouri and the National Endowment for Arts. Additional support is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, Missouri Foundation for Health, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Kranzberg Arts Foundation. Already knew that that beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.